Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. It's tempting, especially in today's data-driven world, to be captivated by the instant gratification of immediate metrics. And it's not to say that short-term sales activation isn't important, especially for us as an agency, we definitely lean into the measurement and using and driving long-term brand value, but we are experts in performance marketing and using a top of funnel channel to do that. And so it is incredibly important that we can drive short-term sales activation for our brands, but we just can't forget the value of TV as a medium and its ability to tell compelling stories and build brand identities over time, fostering those emotional connections with viewers. If we let short-termism dictate our approach, we risk undermining those long-term branding opportunities. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Market Millennium. Today, I have Angela from Marketing Architects today, which is a cool name. I love name Marketing Architects. I know, right? Building, building, building. Yeah. I want to go into a little bit about you. How did you get into marketing? What's your background? First of all, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Excited to talk to you. So sort of a happy accident. My major in college was not in marketing, but it was in mass communications, which sort of worked out well given now I work in television, advertising, obviously a mass channel. But I went in with an emphasis in broadcast marketing, wanting to share the news with the world and have always sort of had a fascination with mediums in general. And so but like many, you leave college and end up going a different path. And that's kind of what happened for me. My first job out of college was in digital marketing. And I did that for four years before getting my start with Marketing Architects on our media team. This was a time where we were solely working in radio. Since then, we've moved on to solely work in television. But I worked on the media team for a handful of years and helped build out our TV platform when we launched television. And then in 2015, left that side of the business and came over to the account management side and was working with our clients to understand you know, what they were trying to get out of television, what did the KPIs need to be, and how could we craft an effective strategy to drive customer acquisition, retention, longevity, loyalty, those types of things. And then just recently took over as CEO. So it's been quite the journey and have loved having a variety of roles. It's really helped me learn a wide aspect of the business and excited to where we go next. Well, congrats on becoming CEO. It's cool. It's cool to see a journey from the beginning all the way up. Um, it's awesome. I want to go into, obviously, you're really passionate about TV advertising because that's the bread and butter of marketing architects. But how do you think about delivering great TV advertising? I think TV is a channel that has been traditionally thought of as primarily a branding channel, right? We think of the largest brands, the Coca-Colas and the Procter & Gamble's of the world. And then I think you've got kind of a growing body of marketers and folks that are coming out of the digital era. And with the growth of technology and things like ACR data and connected television, 
those worlds are sort of blurring and merging, right, between digital and video. And so you have a bit of this dichotomy between driving immediate performance and driving brand. And I think the way we think about television is that it should really be both. I like the term I didn't come up with it, but I use it all the time, bothism. Your listeners are probably familiar with Mark Ritson. He's a renowned marketing professor and consultant. And he talks about using channels in a bothism mindset for both performance and brand. And so we should be looking at performance marketing and brand building together versus as separate entities or competing interests. They're sort of two sides of the same coin, right? On one hand, we have short-term sales lift. That's your performance marketing. These are campaigns that drive immediate results. They're highly quantifiable. They're measurable. They can offer a clear return on investment. And that's kind of the now part of the strategy, right? Like what type of response can you drive now? But then we also have the long-term brand awareness side. And of course, TV is great for that. There's no channel that's better at driving brand awareness than television. And that's where you're telling your stories. You're crafting an emotional connection with your audience. You're building a perception of your brand that will hopefully stay in that consumer's mind if you're doing it well. And those returns are immediate. They're not always as easy to measure, but they are critical for the overall health of the brand. And so then how do we deliver on both of those fronts, right? That's the challenge that we have as an agency and helping to guide our brands towards that effective strategy that achieves on both fronts. Is it one campaign that someone's running or is it multiple different ones one some campaigns are only performance marketing and some are brand or could some campaigns do both at the same time yeah it's a highly debated topic in the tv world and you see brands out there doing both i do think that more brands recently are starting to lean into that we think of marketing in terms of in-market and out-of-market consumers but that your campaigns do need to do both. And that's how we look at it as well. We need to be telling a story. We need to be communicating the brand's values. And in doing so, we can drive both immediate sales and build longer-term brand perception. One of the brands that I love, I think doing a really great job of it is Liberty Mutual. They've got a variety of campaigns that, or Geico, right? The insurance category in general, they just do a great job of incenting you to act, right? Save 15% by calling today or going online. But they also have the Gecko and a lot of other campaigns that are highly memorable. That's how we think about it as well. The way that I also think about it is that probably only 3 to 5% of people in the market right now that have the pain that you're actually trying to solve. And the rest need to be educated on the pain that you have or what you're trying to solve. So you could deliver on both of educating the buyers of what you do, make it fun, member, entertaining, but also have some sort of offer at the end. If someone wants to do something now, you can deliver promises at one time. Absolutely. I think it depends on the category you're working in, right? If I think about we work in insurance, and of course, how often are you shopping for insurance is as least often as you possibly can, probably. It's not a super fun experience. But we also work in a category like snacking with a brand like Nuts.com. Okay, I don't have to be prompted too hard to convince me that I should order some half pop popcorn or some you know snack mix type of thing. But yeah, always thinking about your television marketing with a lens of we are working in a mass channel. So we are going to hit people that are both in and out of market. So how do you effectively deliver, regardless of who you hit, 
And also the benefit of a mass channel or a channel like television is you have that storytelling component to it. And how often as consumers do we hear recommendations and discuss brands with our friends and our family all the time? And so even if you're not hitting someone that's in market, you might be hitting an influencer and we need to think about those people too. Since it's a mass channel where like some channels you can get very targeted and some can, how important is it for the ad creative to be the targeting? How do you think about like the ad creative being the main point of targeting for this mass ad? What do you recommend brands do for that? It always starts with, we're talking to humans. And so we do need to understand the behaviors and the motivational drivers in the context of the brand that we're talking about or building a campaign for. And so understanding the target is intensely important. It's not like just because we're in a mass channel, we can sort of throw all targeting and understanding of what drives a human to the wind. We do still need to understand the aspects of either the product or service that we offer, what's appealing to that consumer, what motivates them to choose your brand over the competition. Those are all really important elements. And of course, understanding where those consumers exist in television or any other channel is important as well. Where I feel that sometimes as marketers can get too smart for our own good is sort of forgetting what I was just mentioning in terms of Yes, you have your bullseye target and you should intently work to deliver your message to them. But there are secondary influencers and tertiary influencers in mass channels that can be really beneficial. An example I would give would be I'd go back to nuts.com. You know, when we started working with them, they were largely focused on targeting a woman ages 35 plus, more, more for baking and pantry. And part of that was the time at which it launched was right in the height of COVID when none of us wanted to be shopping in grocery stores at all. And so we had a need to grocery shop online. But when you're working in digital, you start to define these audiences and then live by them. And the benefit of a mass channel is we can try to release some bias that we might have to who that core consumer is because we do hit wider audiences. And so we started to uncover that men really like to snack and the target was a lot wider than what they had originally thought about. Okay, well, that creates new opportunity because now we're not just looking at the hallmarks of the world. Now we're looking at ESPNs. You know, how can we position nuts.com as your go-to for your game planning to have snacks at the table and things like that? So, and then I think too that back to what we were talking about before, digital and television is merging, right? And there's a lot of new data and technology that marketers can leverage to get in front of the audiences that that they want to get in front of. We always need to have that lens of what technology can do for us, but not let it limit as well what could be. I think the secondary audience and tertiary audience is a great point to make. I think also, for example, like sometimes I get at that probably you would think like they meant for my wife but they influence me to like send it to my wife to like say, oh, this will be something cool that you would use or like some ads that probably parents would buy it, but like you get it to like their college kid and college kid says, hey, mom, I think this is a good thing for you to buy. So there's those outer audiences that could also tell that influence a parent to buy. Also like a perfect example is Amazon Alexa. They're like pretty good for older people 
grandparents, but the grandparents probably wouldn't buy it on digital. So if you targeted the kids of the grandparents or the grandkids, it could be a good present to give to the grandparents. But if you didn't think about it, if you just thought about this would be great for grandparents, you might miss out on the whole audience of the kids buying it for them or the grandkids buying it for them. I love that you brought that up. An example that I could share too that speaks right into that is for a while as a business, we created, marketed, and sold our own products as a business. All the fulfillment, the creation, everything. And two of the products that come to mind, one of them was a child's toy. It was a stuffed animal with seven secret pockets called Stuffies. And when we went out to market, of course, we were targeting the moms. Oh, we were on the kids' programs, kids' programming too, but we were really intently aware to where efficiencies exist in media, which is kind of centric to our model, and found some programming that you would generally think of as a bit of an older audience's maybe the grandparents. And we ultimately found just through media testing that there was a massive pocket of opportunity with the grandmas. The grandmas were the ones that wanted to buy the seven secret pocket stuffed animal for their grandkids versus maybe the moms are like, we don't need more stuffed animals around here. The same thing happened with the hurricane, which was a standalone cane, largest selling cane in America. And we targeted the elderly, right, who needs a walking cane and ended up finding that in a lot of cases it was the adult child, right, of your mom or your dad that needs the cane. And you're the one that kind of goes like, we're not stable enough to be walking around without something. I'm going to get this for them. It's going to just show up. And so, yeah, absolutely. To your point, it's being aware and sort of looking for it too, because if we just narrow ourselves into what we think we know, then we sometimes miss opportunities of what additional potential or opportunity might look like. Yeah, and you could also figure out that, oh, maybe these elderly people are just prideful and they need some pushing through their, from their, and then you figure out, like, learn more about the audience of how to market this game now, how to make it more appealing to people who may be prideful that they learn to walk by themselves for all this time and they too prideful to get a cane even though they need one and have educational pieces to give to the kids to be able to like sell it to their parents, which is a great learning. You can learn so much from seeing who the buyer is, and then maybe you could do even more studies on that too. That's why it's also a great market research channel too. It's not only for selling and branding, but it's also for like learning who actually is interested in this product or not. One question I want to go into is what do you see as some of the greatest challenges with TV advertising out there? Trails back to using TV both for sales activation and short-term sales lift, as well as the branding and the long-term brand awareness side of things. I think one of the challenges that marketers face today is just what we call short-termism. It's a term that's often used in, in marketing circles and a phenomenon that has been notably criticized by quite a few, including Mark Ritz and a lot of others too. But being overly focused on short-term results, for instance, the immediate sales left, there's a tendency to neglect the likely more important long-term goals of brand building and awareness. 
it's tempting, especially in today's data-driven world, to be captivated by the instant gratification of immediate metrics. And it's not to say that short-term sales activation isn't important, especially for us as an agency. We definitely lean into the measurement and using and driving long-term brand value, but we are experts in performance marketing and using a top of funnel channel to do that. And so it is incredibly important that we can drive short-term sales activation for our brands. But we just can't forget the value of TV as a medium and its ability to tell compelling stories and build brand identities over time, fostering those emotional connections with viewers. If we let short-termism dictate our approach, we risk undermining those long-term branding opportunities. But I think marketing teams are under a lot of pressure, right? What have you done for me lately? The finance team is more involved in marketing investment than they ever have been. CMOs are under a lot of pressure. And when you're in that situation, it's easy to go, what channels are performing the best right now? Not what channels will perform the best in totality for their brand. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we come across. There's a lot of pressure on marketers right now for just investing all in performance, direct response marketing. But I also think there's also an issue now that's been going on for, not now, but it's been going on forever where channels that are easy to attribute get more attention, even if they're not the better channel. And just because these platforms let you easily attribute doesn't mean that channel's always doing the job that you think. For example, you can run a great TV advertisement. Someone Googles your product. You credit Google for that that result, even though the TV ad brought it in. So like you need to look at it also how you're measuring, how you're also attributing results and see, okay, maybe let's just test the market first and say, is there a brand lift in that market? And see, don't do anything different. Just put TV in that market and see, okay, our sales up in that market or not. That's a good test to run. We used to do that at Service Titan where we ran TV or radio. Like we would pick certain markets and be like, okay, let's keep everything stagnant and then do a lift in those areas to see how great sales are in those. You know, we start to feed into something like TV or radio and stuff like that. Measurement is one of the greatest challenges with the top of funnel channel. And I think a lot of marketers shy away from top of funnel channels because they're worried about all of that grabbing for credit that happens in a lot of marketing, whether it be Facebook or Google or YouTube or even your attribution software that you might be hooked into. I think that's why a lot of marketers are starting to lean back into thinking that MMM is the way to go. We believe that no one single measurement methodology is right. We wrap our clients with several different models. In most cases, it's anywhere between 5 to 12 different measurement methodologies that help us sort of triangulate what performance looks like. But the one that you speak to in terms of A-B market testing is a great one. you know. And I think one of the benefits there, especially for a top of funnel channel that sort of provides air cover to other channels is that you start to see those effects, which those are some of the hardest to tease out. What happens to your direct mail? What happens to your digital in a channel where television is added or in a market where television is added as compared to when it looks like when it's not? But it takes rigor, dedication, patience to do that because as marketers, we're trying to do a lot of things. We have a lot of initiatives and goals and we've got 
seasonality that we're working either with or against, holidays, things like that. And so to your point, keeping things constant and steady with the goal of learning in mind is a great practice, but it's hard for a lot of marketers to do that. If I was a, a brand today and I came to you and said, I want to test out TV, what would you recommend I start doing? You need to make sure that your business is ready for TV. There's no channel quite like television in terms of its ability to drive massive transformational growth in a very short time period. And so just ensuring operations are in place, ensuring that your funnel is somewhat in place and figured out, optimized. A lot of brands come to us when they're starting to feel tapped in digital and wanting to diversify. It's gotten more prevalent lately just with the loss of the third-party cookie. You've got marketers that are looking to diversify and find new channels. And so those are some of the key things to think about. I think once you have those in place, then it's letting go too of some of the learnings that you've had perhaps in digital because television is not online video. There are elements that are the same, but there are a lot of elements that are different. So we sort of need to relearn. And that's where working with an agency is really helpful as they're applying learnings that they've had from years and years of experience. I think going into television with some quote unquote knowns is helpful in terms of pre-testing your creative message so that against the audience that you're trying to target, you already have a viewpoint of what's going to drive success. That's something that we always push with clients, having really clear objectives and KPIs that you're trying to hit is important. And not just trying to hit, but an understanding of TV is, I don't like when I hear TV is a long-term channel because it implies that it's going to take a long time to drive sales. TV is more of a sustained effect. You will drive immediate sales. You need to ensure that you set the test up right so that you can read that impact, but it will have sustained lasting effects that you need to look for. You need to know where to look, how to look, what that measurement strategy needs to look like. And the failure to do so, you'll see those short-term effects, assuming you're measuring correctly and you've got the right technology in place. But if you're not seeing the long-term effect, then we're sort of just treating it like a short-term channel, which it's not. So those are some of the things that come to mind. Yeah. Also, when I'm thinking about like testing multiple channels, people are in different buying mindsets and different emotional states and different channels that you're in. Just because like Facebook and LinkedIn or other digital channels are great at measuring things, like buyers aren't on those channels all the time. So you have to meet buyers where they are as well. They're watching TV. They're watching Netflix. They, wa- I mean, they're watching Hulu. They're watching other things, they're doing things at other places. So you need to be top of mind on different channels. You can't just be top of mind when they're on their phone scrolling in an app or on their computer. There's other places where they need, you need to stay top of mind as a brand. And TV is one of the places where people are, a lot of audiences are spending good amount of chunks of their time consuming content. So it's also to think about it like that. I think we all play our role, right? We all have a, a different superpower in in different channels. And so how do you play into that and measure the outcomes specific to those channels? I think you hit on it before. 
when you've got a lot of different attribution models in place, there is sort of a land grab of credit that that happens. And you as a marketer are left to try to sort through what's what and how come one plus one plus one is not equaling three. But I think that when you think about a channel like television, if you think about it in the context of the consumer, whether you're a B2B or a B2C brand, a lot of TV viewing happens, whether your consumer is in a B2B or B2C space. And to your point, we might not be hitting them when they're shopping, but is that a benefit? Because we're not competing at the point of purchase or the point of sale. We're hitting them with a different medium, with a message that in theory should be compelling and memorable and helpful to the consumer if they are shopping. I think a lot of B2B marketers don't look at television because they just don't think like, this is where I'm going to find my B2B buyer. But of course, you will find your B2B buyer there. Of course they are, because we're just people too. And when you think about a channel like television, it's one of the primary channels where trust is built in brands. We think of the brands that are on television as legitimate, trustworthy brands. And in the context of B2B, if it's my job to pick the next company that my company partners with, there's a lot riding on that. It's more even an emotional, I would say, decision than me picking out my next pair of shoes as a consumer. And so there's a lot of opportunity for television. It's just all about identifying the right strategy. And it's not for every brand. I'm not saying that. But I think that with you know the right agency and the right mindset, the right strategy, there's a lot more brands that can make television work than I think think people might think. I want to go into another question for you. What is a marketing hill you would die? I think one of the biggest challenges that marketers face, and I actually wouldn't say that this is exclusive to marketing either, but is our own cognitive biases. As marketers, we learn so much and we become consumed in our own roles, immersed in our brand, our data, our own experiences. And I think biases are created. We're just trying to learn from what we've done. But if we take the concept of confirmation bias, for example, it's human nature to seek out information that confirms our existing beliefs and dismiss or ignore information that challenges them. And in the context of marketing, this could mean over-relying on data or research that supports our existing strategy or perspective overlooking or downplaying evidence to the contrary. And I think this could lead us to miss out on potential opportunities or to persist with ineffective strategies. I think we need to recognize that our own data and experiences are just one piece of the puzzle. If we want to develop truly effective strategies and campaigns, we need to be open to insights and perspectives from outside our own bubble. I fell in love several years back with the IPA, the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising, the Aaron Burr Bass Institute, and other research bodies here in the U.S. are growing. That evidence that their experience becomes invaluable. These organizations have conducted extensive, rigorous research into marketing effectiveness, consumer behavior, a lot of other relevant areas to our field, and their findings can challenge my assumptions, provide new insight, help us see the bigger picture, They can inform our strategies and campaigns, helping us to better understand our consumers and the broader market context. And so that would be one that 
I just think specifically working in television, there are a lot of biases coming into television as a marketer and even our own data as well. We're so immersed in our data. And so wandering outside of our own experiences, I think, is crucial to being as effective as a marketer as you possibly could be. One of the biggest, everybody says learning is a big marketing skill, but the other skill that you have to learn as marketers is unlearning. Sometimes you have to rewire past experiences that you've had that, like you said, are going to affect your biases because sometimes the things that you've learned in the past are either maybe not practical or not practical for the current company that you're in or, and you have to learn more stuff and unlearn stuff. It's a constant battle of like learning, unlearning, learning, unlearning. And I think just as much as you're learning, you're stacking information, you have to get rid of these other things that are like sticky to you going down one path and one path that way. Absolutely. It takes a lot of commitment and dedication to doing that because we're smart people. We've had a lot of experiences. We're not going to throw out an assumption with one new piece of information, of course. So it's almost like unlearning is more time consuming (laughs) than learning is. We're curious minds, but I think that, you know, when you uncover something or when you think you've uncovered something, continuing to dig into that and challenge assumptions that you might have about what your brand is doing or maybe what you learned in your prior role, maybe it is relevant to your current role, maybe it's not. Maybe there's a new or different way of doing it. We're in a field where the rate of change and innovation is so rapid. And so it's putting your head in the sand, I think, a bit to assume that maybe what the most effective strategy was last year still might be the most effective strategy. The last question I have for you is, I know we've discussed it a little bit, I mean, a lot on this podcast, but I want to go into... If someone did have a strong bias against TV, what was something you would do to try to convince them to say, hey, at least like test out this channel. Like give it a chance. Again, TV's not going to work for every brand. It's not right for every. There's no channel that's going to work for every brand. I think for us has become fairly scientific to determine whether or not a brand can work in television or not. When you think about the brand or products or service that is being offered, what percentage of gen pop does that appeal to? TV is a mass channel. If you are a brand that is very, very niche, it probably won't work for you. You know, there's other channels that would be better for you then. So I think it would be about really just trying to understand what does that target market look like? How big is it? Can they be effectively reached? Very likely in our case, if we're talking to someone that's skeptical about television working for them, we probably have a case story to show them how we've done it before. But I would say too that just like any other channel, you have to test in order to know. And if you don't test, in a worse off case, you don't know that it doesn't work. You don't know that it does work. You just don't know. And you should be mindful with that test strategy. It's TV is a big channel, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be a million dollar investment. There are definitely ways, especially more recently with the growth of CTV, to test for smaller investment levels, pre-test your creative, you know, be financially prudent in figuring out whether or not it can work or not. But as good marketers, being thoughtful, 
and diligent for the companies that we work for. It's our job to step into that space and take that risk and figure it out. The riskiest thing in marketing you can do is not be risky. So I think and there's smart ways to take risks and then there's not smart ways to do risk. You just need to pick and choose resources, time, budget, and figure out what works for you and what doesn't. But the, I also want to go and ask where people could find you, Angela, where could people find Marketing Architects? How could they get a hold of you if they want to chat? We are Marketing Architects at marketingarchitects.com. You can find me on our people page there. I'm also on LinkedIn and would love to hear from listeners or answer questions that anyone might have. Well, thank you so much for joining. This has been awesome. And I'm definitely a fan of brands testing TV. So I think it's been great chatting to you about TV advertising and why it's important. And also that you can also do both with it, which is great to know that you could do performance and brand. So the channel for both. You got it. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Keep tuning in to hear more great insights from the coolest marketers from around the world. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and follow the Marketing Millennials podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, I would greatly appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community. 